Welcome everyone in the story behind the story podcast. Today I got a very special treat for you, Rene Jarusso. Rene is the founder and CEO of RG Dynamics, and she's an expert in communication, leadership, and mindset. She's an accomplished speaker, international award-winning author, educator, and coach. She works with leaders, teams, and organizations to energize their mindset and accelerate communication and leadership to lift culture and performance of their team. She's obsessed to work with those seeking growth to help them realize and achieve their limitless potential, which results in increased performance and success. I am so excited about today. I can't wait to dive in. Thank you for being here with me, Renee. Absolute pleasure. And I have to say, you've pronounced my name better than anyone ever has. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why. Maybe I'll tell you later but. after the episode. <laughs> um, but I'm very curious to know, Renee, about your origin, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, how was the life, life for you when you everything started as a kid? I want to know about your upbringing with your family. Where did Renee, where did that come from, you know? Tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I obviously I grew up in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, uh, Italian Australian parents, and grew up. I grew up in a family as as it would resonate with with you that was very connected and all about family cultures. And I think that built my love and gift of connection to to others. That's sort of my big word in life. And mum, mum and dad actually, my, my dad, um, Matteo, in the early 70s to early 80s, he was an entrepreneur in Melbourne. He was in printing and he had three clothing shops. He was in the rag trade and an amazing, just an amazing energy back there. I mean, the word entrepreneur wasn't even around then. But unfortunately, mum and dad, they, they split up when I was... I think I was about eight and always stayed very close to my dad and that whole Italian heritage. Um, and then obviously my, my, my mum and my stepdad predominantly brought me up. I've got a younger sister, Lindell, and an older brother, Dean. Um, and I really believe having parents that were, I guess, amicable, very strong. My mum's my always been in the corporate world. She's She's 73 as we speak and is semi-retired. <laughs> so there's definitely something in the DNA there. But, yeah, I've just grown up with a love of people, a love of food, a love of growth, which my mother instilled in me in a young age. You know, she always used to ask me, what, what did you learn today? What was the best thing that happened today since I was a child? Not how was school? And I've always asked myself that question every day to this day forward. And I think, I think that's really helped contribute to my, to my growth, my growth mindset. I lost my dad when I was 23. He was around 50. So close to my age now and close to my age, not my age. And um, I'd been in America doing my gap year. I went and did some camp counseling and teaching dance in America and, I came back and my father I was very close to and he died quite suddenly. And from that day, I something a light something switched on in me. And 
Mateo, I was actually in the middle of going for my first real corporate job with Mars, Mars, Mars Master Foods. And I had three weeks left of testing and assessment centres. And the last thing my dad said to me, two weeks before he passed away, he said, I don't want to see you until you get that job. So I hadn't seen my father for two weeks before he passed away. The night he passed away was a Monday night and my last assessment centre to get the job was the Tuesday morning. And you might call me ruthless, but something just kicked in. I practised this whole presentation all night. I still can't remember it. It's a blur. I went the next day. I showed up. My best friend drove me into the city, went and bought a new little suit because you wore suits back then. And I didn't tell anybody about my dad. And I got through the day and then right towards the end, I collapsed. And it was just, I think it was just the whole overdrive of getting through. Two weeks later, I found out I had the role. Um, I then told them what had happened um, and the rest is history. And I spent 12 years with an amazing company, but it taught me that we all have everything we need within us if we're open to accessing it. And it was a tough time. I moved to a regional area to set up a sales force. You know, I was young. I just lost my dad, just met my partner who I'm married to this year, 20 years, and relocated down to Warnable off the Great Ocean Road and, you know, started my sales and marketing career down there that really if I hadn't done that and worked my way through the roles I had at Mars, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today because that led me to understand how much I love self-growth and how much I wanted to go out on my own and work across many industries, which I've done for the last 16 years. So that's a bit of, bit of my backstory. Um, my dad's side of the family, there's not many of them living. There's a few that I catch up with, but writing, which we'll talk about my latest book, Gift Mindset, I wanted to talk about one of the 12 gifts, the gift of courage. And I actually share my story of my dad coming to Italy when he was two. And it just was a great opportunity to go back in time because I think we sometimes forget about our heritage. We get caught up in today and now and forget where we've come from. And we forget the stories that can help us and others. And, and that's a big part of my now is to really look at the gifts in every situation and tap into them and, and share them with others. Well, um, as you were speaking, I just got the chios, you know, listening to this story. Oh. And um, I, I, it's something so interesting right now because uh, people that migrated or have a family or heritage of people that migrated, um, I think there is a kind of a, a frequency, like you can kind of understand each other a little bit better, right? And what, what happened to you with that, uh, you know, with that event when you got a job, you know, is, is, um, is something that, such a tough moment to get through, something like that. But how much do you think that actually affected you in the way that you are today, you know, pushing through oh. such a hard moment? And, and I'm curious to know, your, your father was also a, 
an entrepreneur at the end of the day, how much was his influencing yes. you wanting them to pursue the, the path in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, definitely that experience um, has shaped who I am, no doubt about it. I, I'm a big believer that the harder the, or the more challenging things you go through, it's like a muscle. Yeah. It builds a resilience. Um, and that definitely made me feel that I had to live for him and there was so much more to give. And I was only young seeing him as an entrepreneur, but, you know, a lot of the things aren't on, aren't on the internet, right, because it was the 70s. But I've got newspaper clippings and all these amazing things. And I think it's definitely built my growth mindset or what I call a bursting mindset and my resilience to get through anything at all um yeah i it's an interesting one i think entrepreneurship is definitely in our family blood my mum worked for big big corporates i did when i left i remember my mum saying oh gosh your dad your dad was an entrepreneur my brother's an entrepreneur i think it's um i look at the term entrepreneur around really fueling a passion that you have and being motivated to achieve something from the heart that is yours that's sort of my definition of that and it's definitely in me I and you'd see this a lot too a lot of people leave the big jobs because they don't want a boss or they think they're going to make a million dollars and I don't I don't think that's a motivator that's mm -hmm. it's attainable but not sustainable I think if you're out there listening or watching now go to what is your why to fly what problem do you solve? What do you want to give the world? Because if you can't answer that, how can you start any sort of practice or business? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had my, my company 16 years. We used to do predominantly sales training. Now we really focus on leaders and teams, um, collaboration and culture. So it evolves. And your message changes and you need to change and be fresh to stay relevant. I, I always say be a thought leader, not a thought repeater. So it's been a big journey, a massive journey. Um, and those listening that have their own business will know. And especially with social media now, that's another 15, 20 hours of content writing a week. There's so much involved. And I think you don't know your true purpose of why you do what you do and you don't check in on that and re review and renew that regularly, that's when I think people just go off track. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It's so powerful what you just said because I think particularly these days um, there is so much snake oil online about, hey, I got this webinar that made all this money and I got this lead generation tool mm -hmm. and and. And I think that it's so easy to get caught into that. It's so easy to get, you know, caught into, oh my God, you know, I'm ju just doing that for the money. But what you just said is so deep because eventually um, the shit is going to hit the fan. That's the reality. Totally. And if you yeah, don't get that why, if you don't get that clear, um, you're not going to persist. Yeah. And if you don't have the fulfillment in what you do, you're not going to be a great leader and you're not going to persist. But I'm very curious to know the transition. Okay, so you got this position in Mars. You are relocated in uh, Warnable. Um, and um, there is a race, actually, a very famous bike race to finish in there. They just there is. 
couple of weeks ago, Manuto Wonable, uh, one of the oldest races. Yes. Um, what happened? Like, when was the, the moment you're like, uh, I want to transition to be an, an on my own, you know, my own boss? Like, yeah. what, what happened that you got you to get started with your own business? I think it was in me from a young age. I was the child with my best friend, who's still my best friend, Amanda, and my sister out on the nature strip in suburban Melbourne selling lemonade. I, I, I was always I was always that kid. But I think one of the roles I had was developing new business, business development. And I set up a new retail channel, which was to get Mars products, so chocolate sugar products, sort of everywhere you wouldn't normally find them. So bottle shops. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realised I had this creative side but I also had a team at the same time and I loved both. And I, at one point, and I'm happy to share this, I had a lot of brilliant, brilliant leaders, brilliant managers in my corporate life, but you always get the odd one or two. I call them Chris Kringle managers. So they teach you everything not to do. And I had one that was quite challenging and I started studying coaching neuroscience, um, having a real reading a lot. And I thought, wow, I really love this. And I actually, in my job, ended up with a national team. And this is, you know, 20 years ago, talking about NLP, talking about all these different things. And I literally, and we were coaching, so this is really important. Mars was very Few, very ahead of their times I didn't know it when I was there but I was coaching and had a coach at 25 years old right so it's 25 mm-hmm. years ago so I woke up one day and thought I'm actually okay at this and I love it I'd love to do this in a lot of different industries I've always if I got given a training thing to run I'd always change it and add my ideas and I thought no nah, this is what I want to do and it and that was sort of the, I guess, the linchpin to have a compelling reason to move on. And I, I have a saying, you know, um, your why to change must exceed your why to stay the same. And I was really torn because my why to change was about growth, creating a business, you know, making a difference more broadly but my why to stay was also strong because it was a great company. Some of the people there are still some of my best friends. But I just, I started running a lot of training and that at Mars and I was like, nah, this is, this is it. This is the gift I have that I want to bring to the world. So that's how it happened. The first six months I was just coaching full time, eight, eight sessions a day. I even coached my dog at the time. I coached anything that looked at me, my poor husband. Um, he wasn't my husband at the time. And I just realised that to get my message out there, I needed to go across different modes. So when people say, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I go, no, you're Greg that does this. Coaching, training, speaking, authoring are just conduits to get your message out. So. Yeah, the business has really evolved. We predominantly run transformational workshop programs in companies. Um, we can train them up in, like a train the trainer, 
and they can run them. We do lots of group coaching and one-on-one. And then obviously I speak at events and get my message out to many that way. Um, I never thought I would write a book until I was like sitting on a beach retiring, you know, like in beaches, that movie or something. Um, but I got in the momentum. So I've written three, three books in the last five years. Um, and I write a lot for, you know, articles for magazines and we do a lot of content I love writing but I think something you said earlier about social media and everything it's become a jam-packed cluttered highway and I think less is more Um, so we're actually reviewing our strategy of posting a bit less Mm -hmm. you know spending that time on other things Mm -hmm. Um, but you definitely got to have your brand out there and share you know I'm, I'm a big Anything we post, I want someone to learn from it. Yeah. 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 No, sharing is is in, indispensable because nobody's <laughs> gonna know who you are otherwise. Like you're like That's sitting, right. sitting under a rock, you're not a coffee shop or restaurant that everybody can see you. Um, so you gotta put yourself out there. I'm curious to know you said, Renee, that at the beginning, um, you started coaching everybody, a lot of people, right? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the early days about some struggles, some frustrations, yes. some mistakes that you made that, that a lot of coaches might be listening and be like, oh my God, I'm struggling so much. I'm trying to get this business off the ground and I'm really grinding. Yeah. Shall I to be about your story behind the yes. story and what happened in that? Yeah, good question. Um, so I guess a big, probably one of the biggest lessons I learned was probably in my fifth paid coaching session I was doing with an executive that was well I won't get the story away yet but I was coaching him and I still remember it so clearly I had the headset on was on the phone because it wasn't zoom and this was the biggest lesson I learned it was coaching is all about the client And your job is to unwrap the layers with amazing questions. And it's not about you or them walking away with unicorns and a skipping rope and happy. What happened, this, and I write about this, this this guy said to me, he's the thing he wanted to be coached on was he didn't know what sport he wanted to play. So can you imagine, you know, back then, I think it was, you know, I can't remember, $180 an hour or something. And I'm thinking, he's paying me that to ask me what sport to play. And I remember sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, is this, what am I doing? And then I realized it wasn't about that. So I had to take my reference of the world, my map of the world off and be present. And went an hour and a half, but in a nutshell, I said to him, why is that a challenge? And he said, because I don't know what sport I want to play. Why is that a challenge? Because I don't know what I want to do with my life. Why is that a challenge? I don't know if I want to be with my wife. I was like, whoa. And it just kept going and I kept using all these really powerful questions. And then the phone went dead silent and I got the beep, beep, beep. I sat there. I reckon I sat there. It was probably only five minutes, but it felt like an hour. I rang my mentor at the time. I said, this has happened and she started clapping. And I said, why are you clapping? And she said, this 
is the biggest lesson you'll ever learn. That was probably the best session you'll ever do. He's had a breakthrough. Do not ring him. Fast forward a week, and I was honestly thinking of going back to my corporate job by this stage. Fast forward a week, he rings me up and he said, thank you, Renee. And I said, is everything good? He said, yep, I'm moving to Dubai. I'm starting my own business. I'm leaving my wife. So what it was, his whole challenge was procrastination. And when we were procrastinating one area, it links into other areas. We know that. If you're not eating well, you're probably not going to exercise. If you're not exercising well, you're probably not going to sleep. Everything's linked. I still speak to him to this day, but the lesson I learned out of that was just create the space for other people. The challenge or opportunity they usually come in and want to be coached on isn't always what it seems. Well, most of the time it's not. Um, so you don't have to have a client walk away going, yay, awesome, I feel amazing. You will get that and we get that. But it's sometimes the ones that are in tears or reevaluate things or actually say, I can't do any more of this session. That's where you get your breakthrough. And that was a big lesson for me. And I'm, I feel blessed I learned that very early on. I don't take things for face value when people say, Happening. I yeah. Yep, you're back. I think it, it dropped a second. Um, oh. yeah, um, very powerful. I think, um, you know, you only learn when you're doing it. Like, is you had to be in the trenches, going through the process. Yeah. And I think is um, breakthroughs. Um, you know, is is something that is not always easy because very often we don't want to accept the change we don't want to do it right um no and no, and, and, right. Can, and can be in just a session like it doesn't have to be 10 hours of coaching it can be like a, a moment like that um it's so i had a, a session with a with a coach last late last year it was all about self-love because i was so always so you know critical with myself yeah. and so you know so down on, on myself and it was just one session and transform the way I show up, the way I behave, the way oh. I talk to people. It, it's so transformational. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. What would it be an advice for you for someone that is kind of, um, you know, starting in coaching? Um, they are kind of in the early days. They have a bit of imposter syndrome, the money of perfectionism. What would it be your advice to the one, someone that is kind of in the moment of starting they're kind of procrastinating, getting stuck. They're not really moving. What would you suggest to yeah. someone in that position? First thing, get started. Because the more you put things off, it's perfectionism. You're not going to learn. And coaching to this day, I've done thousands of hours of coaching. I still learn something in every session. So you've got to go in with that mindset. But just get started. Remember with coaching, coaching's all about asking questions you don't have to know the person's role their subject you know their expertise that's the beautiful thing about coaching I could coach an astronaut I don't have to have been an astronaut because all I'm doing is listening and asking great questions if an astronaut asks me to mentor him on what it's like to go to space I can't mentor him on that because I haven't done that before so 
I always say mentoring is more telling and giving advice usually around something you've done. Coaching's about asking powerful questions and I say delegating thinking. That's what coaching is. You know, if someone comes to me and asks me something and I say, and a lot of leaders will give the answer, we've all done it, it's easy, it's quick. What should I do? Well, what would you do if this was your business? Come back with two solutions. That's coaching on the fly and that's in under a minute. So I really just think get out there, get started. I did a lot of free coaching. You know, if you're getting certified as a coach, they will encourage you to do lots of pro bono coaching, learn, ask for a testimonial. You know, I'm happy to give you some coaching, but um, I'd really appreciate a, a recommendation on LinkedIn or a testimonial at the end. Um and some of the most powerful lessons will come through that. But also don't doubt your self-worth. If you're in a position where you're rebuilding after COVID, a lot of people are, coaching's gone nuts. I think because of the virtual world, people of a lot of companies I even know are going, we should have done that coaching thing five years ago. And you're like, yay. So know your self-worth, know the value you add, be present, have integrity, listen and a big tip for coaching and we do a lot of work we equip leaders with the techniques and tools to be able to coach properly is don't be too planned don't have 50 questions down have one and you do this very well in this interview you're asking me something and then you're shaping the next question based on my response mm. yeah. you know so you see some coaches, you know, go, hey, John, what do you want to focus on today? Oh, I want to focus on being better at my job. Okay, that's good. So how was your weekend? What have you been? It's not connected. Yeah. So something there would be, I want to excel in my current position. Okay. So right now, one to 10, if you're excelling, where do you sit? Oh, at an eight. So what does success look like at a 10? I'd be doing this, this, and this. Okay, so where are we now? And then strip it back. So be present. Um, I think a pure coaching session should be at least at least 50-50 speaking, asking questions and listening. Yeah, yeah, well, and funny enough, you just answered my next question, which is really to, to ask you about some of the most powerful ones. Um, and I think you just said something really powerful is being present. And be yeah. very, very 100% focused on the person, which so many times yes. you get distracted thinking about the next question or looking somewhere around. But when you're really present and giving 100% attention to the person in front of you, that is, you know, the most powerful thing really that you can do. Um, you said um, that COVID has been a challenging time at the, at the right at the beginning because you know it was a moment with, with the business. Oh. Tell me a little bit about the, that moment about struggling and how did you overcome that? Because I know a lot yeah. of people really get they got wiped out with the business and they literally so many yeah. businesses shut down. Yeah. Um, tell me about that. So we we were the start of COVID was what started big time warp. started 2020 so march april we were 14 years in business about to have our biggest year new clients and financially our biggest year and i actually i've done four months of bd solid we're ready to roll things out 
And I felt like I was on this super highway and then the brakes just went on. We lost, and I've been very open about this, we lost 90% of our business within a week. And the reason was I'm and my team are known for our energy in a room, on a stage, traveling around. And a lot of companies just weren't, they do the occasional Zoom. We've used Zoom for coaching for a long time, but not for workshops. So know me that are listening. I'm I'm I am the eternal optimist. I had half a day where I went, wow, wow, do I throw it in and go and get a LD HR role somewhere? And I had a few offers the week it happened. Or do I keep going? And I thought, no, my why is so strong. I've done so much work. People need what I have. I've just got to change how I deliver it. And, you know, if I fast forward to today that we're talking, you know, early 2022, I've probably had 15 days off in the last two years. I built an online program to help people work remotely because I've worked remotely for 22 years. We put everything virtual. A lot of clients stuck with us, Matteo, but went from a 12-month program to 40 minutes a month on a Zoom. So I had to create or rewrite hundreds of programs very fiddly. But the biggest thing that got me through was staying in service to my clients. I ran a lot of free webinars. I ran lots of free Zoom lunches where people could drop in and ask questions um, and did a lot did a lot to stay in service. I think if you're going through a hard time, get out of your head and get out and help others. Um, I'm not going to say it's been easy. We're still rebuilding. Um, we picked up quite a few new clients that I still haven't met in the flesh. I met someone the other day at a, a thing I ran and they're like, wow, you are tiny. We thought you were like six foot two. I'm like, I'm five foot two. So it's been really interesting, but we just got creative. We, we turned our two-hour sessions, we called them virtual bites for food companies. For building companies, we called them building blocks. We put up lots of public events um, and stayed focused. But we're still rebuilding. There's still a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, the big focus as we're speaking now is getting people back into the office. At the moment, it's about a 50% strike rate. So companies are investing in tools and yoga and all these things internally to get people back. Um, but we're getting there and just staying really focused on just helping and assisting, mm. you know, and, and I'm confident things will go back to where they were shortly. Well, where do you see all of this going, by the way? Like, um, do you see people going back to normal or in the office, nine to five? Uh, what, what do you see happening in, in the coming? It'll be flexible. It'll be flexible. A lot of my clients, just the last two weeks, have got three days they have to come back mm -hmm. and they have an overlap day and they get to choose their days. I'm a big believer in flexible work. I think if you're driven and if you're leading your team and motivating and you've got a collaborative culture and a connected culture, you have to work on it, right? Mm. But I think you can work from anywhere. So there needs to be that trust. My gut feel and what I'm seeing, I've been out in offices the last two weeks. 
I think it'll be a three to four days back in. Mm-hmm. But there's some companies I know that have got rid of their offices and they'll stay virtual. I still think it's important, you know, we do a lot of work on helping teams reconnect to still have that overlap. If you're a leader with 20 people and that they want to be in the office and you're at home, you, you, you need to, you need to, you know, overlap at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> one of your books, Gift Mindset, um, is mindset is something that comes over and over again when we talk. I'm a big believer about mindset. And I think a lot of people associate the word mindset with some magic color, <laughs> but it's actually completely different. Um, how do you think, why do you think mindset from your perspective is so important in, in business, in yeah. particular in coaching to, you know, particularly oh. to overcome one of the toughest times like you just did, you know, with your business, right? Totally. Yeah. Mind, mindset to me is, I think we have our skill set, what we're good at, our heart set, you know, our compassion and our mindset. It starts with your mind. I'm going to use a building analogy. It's like the foundation of a house, right? If that's not solid, the house won't last the test of time. So it needs to be reinforced. And my really simple thing on mindset is your thoughts, your mindset, equal your feelings and equal your actions. So when people say, I feel down, I could say, I'll be positive. Nothing will happen. Might for five minutes. But what are you telling yourself? So if you get up on a Monday and you're doing, I'm a big believer in doing what lights you up the most on Monday morning to set the tone for the week. If you get up on a Monday and you say, I'm going to catch up with, I'm going to catch up with my team or I'm going to work on ideas for my business, that will make you feel motivated and engaged. And then your action will be, you'll be a lot more, I guess, um, what's the word? A lot more into what you're doing, a lot more committed. But if you wake up Monday going, oh, it's Monday, Mon-, you know, all those posts you see, Monday-itis, Monday's this, you're going to feel a bit flat and demotivated and your action, well, you might not action anything. Mm-hmm. So it all starts with your thoughts. Your inner dialogue, I say, is like a DJ in your head. Yeah. It's your voice. So you listen to it. So make sure what you're telling yourself is serving you. Mm-hmm. And the gift mindset is a mindset. It's it's just really being open to look at challenges and successes as gifts. What what was the gift in that? What was the lesson? Um, so it's like a lesson mindset. And how can I use that for myself and others? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, and I think um, everything starts really from your beliefs because your beliefs totally. dictate your thinking. Your thinking yeah. is how you feel, then the actions and the result right it's, it's a loop it's like a snowball the more you're positive and be very intentional about the words that you're using if you're using empowering yeah. words exciting positive that's yeah. what you're gonna get but if you're using deflating so the people say i'm not good with technology if you keep manifesting and saying that well guess what you're not good with technology <laughs> your focus your, your brain's amazing your brain sorts and perceives the world depending on what data you put in. And I love what you mentioned there around 
beliefs. So when you're walking, you know, if you're a speaker and you're going, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, that's actually a belief. But if you flip that to I'm excited, even if you aren't, you might giggle and your whole physiology and your psychology will change. Um, A big one I hear from people is, oh, this is too hard. And I say, have you done it before? No. So it's unfamiliar. How do you know it's hard if you haven't done it? So reframing words is so big. And another one is, you know, it's quite sad, but talk to yourself like a friend. We're our harshest critic. Some of the things we would all say in our head, we would never say to someone else. So, you know, bringing those things in is really important as a coach. And you mentioned as a business owner, really set your intention every day. If you're having crappy thoughts, I call them, just there's a really cool thing you do, you go noted. When you say noted, I'm visual, I see a post-it note. So I've acknowledged it and then flip it, flip the script to something else. Yeah, yeah. very, very important. You yeah. mentioned the word, um, Matteo, positivity or being positive. That's a great word. I actually use the word optimism mm-hmm. because positivity is about now. Yeah. Optimism is about now and hope for the future. So it's got more longevity, mm-hmm. you know. And a great question if you're ever having a flat day is, what makes me optimistic? I get teams to ask each other that. And it could be the kids lining up to get an ice cream. It could be, for me, you know, my, my sister's younger sister's been battling breast cancer. If anything goes wrong or anything's tough, I always go, wow, I'm optimistic. I've got my health and I get to do work that makes a difference. And it just changes your whole, your whole outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many things that I don't even know where to, <laughs> to pick here. But um, I think one of the things for me, when, when you get into the spiral negativity, right? You say, you see, I told you you're not good enough. You see, you're going to fail. You see, you're going to lose a human. Asking yourself a simple question, which is, how is this serving me right now? That's another point. Yes. How is this serving me to yeah. be negative and keep you know talking to myself like that? Um, that's also very powerful. One of the words that you, you use a lot, Rene, is limitless. And one of your books yes. is Limitless Leadership. Um, so I'm curious to know where um, limitless came from as uh, because I see that really occurring over and over again for you. Um, and in terms of leadership, because you do a lot of work with leaders, organizations, teams, what makes a great team in when you see this organization? What is a particular traits and characteristic that you see when there is an amazing team? What, what makes that um, yeah. like a great culture? Great question. The word limitless I've used for probably 12 years in just in my language. And then I realized we're all limitless. And then that became part of our branding. So for me, when you're limitless, so no bounds. Um, a lot of people think of the Bradley Cooper movie. I play that sometimes in my keynotes. He takes a pill. I say you're the magic pill. So it's in you. And I think being limitless is about learning, which is thinking, about unlearning, which is rethinking, and about relearning, which is refreshing. Right. So if you're limitless, you won't read a book and go tick, You'll go, what did I agree with in that? 
what didn't I agree with? What can I, what, what thinking can I relearn? So no one is ever at a ceiling. And I think whether you have a team, whether you have a business, whether you're listening to this and you manage one person in the workforce, you can be limitless. You're still a leader. You're a leader of self. It all starts with self-leadership. So that's sort of where limitless came. And we, we take people and teams from being limited. So doing what they do well narrowly to being limitless where they're leading industry, leading leaders, not just managing others. Your question around teams, wow, we could talk, this could be another podcast, but the best teams I see are involved, have an open mindset and are connected and collaborative. And what I mean by that is if you've got a role and you complete something in that, you'll go to someone else and help them. So you're working as one team. I call it cross-leadership. You're not working in silos. Um, They have energy, purpose is important, you know, and they know their values. So a lot of teams will say, we want to do this, and I'll go, what are the team values? What's important to you? What don't you stand for? And let's flip that to what you do stand for, which is your values. And I always talk to them about how are we living those values of a team? How are we all accountable? You know, if you've got a value of creativity, how innovative are we? What are we doing in process that's innovative? So clear purpose and values as a team, Work out your, I call them your um, your team norms, your cadence of working, who does what when you check in. Um, and I'm a big believer in sharing the load. So don't expect the leader to run every meeting. Put your hand up and go, I'll run this one. You don't even need to be at it. I always say leaders, big or small, when I say big or small, big teams, small teams, your main job is to create future leaders. So if you're getting caught up in process and progress and not people, you're not doing your job. Wow, that's powerful. Um, one of the things that I hear and over and over again in terms of leadership is the ability to listen, the ability to yes. listen and be present and be, um, and, and when when they go around the table, be the last one to speak, allowing everybody to, to speak. Uh, and you said something really powerful before, which is, being aligned with the purpose and the values of the company because if you're not aligned with what the company stands for and you don't believe in the product it's very hard that you, you know wanted to dedicate yourself to that leave it alone helping other people into that um yeah. that, that that is that, right. that is key so definitely having the values aligned is is a key is a key thing um one of the things i want to ask you is what do you think um in terms of let's focus on coaches as a, as a niche, what is one thing that, in your opinion, every single coach should be doing on a daily basis? That, in your opinion, is really learning. Really yeah. Learning. If you're a coach and and you're not learning, yeah. you know, so to go, it's like a doctor not being healthy. Um, you need you need to be building what I call we call it the, the gift of growth so self-growth habits so if you're not a reader there's a lot of people that don't read now for someone like me that reads a book a week at night I used to be like how can you not read 
listen to a podcast or build a reading habit five pages a night even if it takes you a year to read the book it doesn't matter but I think you've got to grow another thing with coaches you should have a coach I I would I have it I have a coach and I would never ever work with a coach or mentor that didn't have a coach or mentor because to me it goes against what you stand for so have a coach you might go but I don't need one I've had a business coach a few years ago when some pretty big stuff happened personally I've said to myself what coach do I need now I don't need a business coach I need a coach a bit more spiritual and life coachy for me for six months and that was amazing now we're looking at scaling so I have a business coach so don't just look at people and go they look good ask yourself as a coach what do I need do I need a coach to help me around branding do I need a coach to help me around performance um a lot of people say to me what sort of coach are you we we say we're executive performance coaches but I coach from health well-being life strategy boardrooms as you coach you'll get to coach on more things if that makes sense and grow across that so yes grow yourself every day what are you doing to grow yourself even if it's learning something that you did that didn't work that's growth bring some self-growth habits in um and i can't i really can't reinforce that enough you have to be relevant if you're sharing your message you know obviously i i like you do i write most of my ip but it's based on thoughts for or against things that i've read or seen or experienced mm-hmm. yeah i love it i love it learning learning and growing is success that alone to me is, is the definition of success you know, you're growing and giving this the success and i mean a coach i absolutely agree you have to be yeah they also raise your standards they help you they give you they squeeze oh. years of experience in a process it's much faster easier and they can help you to achieve higher results so it's it's definitely definitely a must um I'm very curious to know, what do you do out of working hours when you're not working? <laughs> People ask me that. So one of my hobbies was writing. I've written little books since I was eight years old. I still love writing, but it has become more of a work thing. So I've had to replace that with other things. So one of my passions is cooking since I was a little girl. So I cook Sri Lankan, Italian, Thai, Vietnamese. Cooking's my meditation. I'm not a still person. I'm not that person that gets home, gets on the couch, puts the TV on. That's not me. So cooking without recipes, I don't like process. Cooking and being in flow with some music on, a glass of wine, cooking and connecting through food is a big passion of mine. I love yoga, probably not getting to it as much as I should. And another thing I really love is I just love entertaining family and friends and the beach. The beach for me, the minute I'm at the beach, people that are with me go, your face has just changed. My husband's the same. He surfs. I just love being around the ocean. So a, a perfect weekend for me would be going market shopping for food, coming home, cooking for friends, 
having something there and then going to the beach with a book and having a swim on the Sunday. That that that's like the perfect weekend for me. Sounds like we can be perfect friends because <laughs> I love cooking <laughs> and I love the beach. Um, favorite food? Well, I lost you there. What's your favorite food or favorite dish oh. to make? My favorite thing would probably be Sri Lankan fish curry. I actually yeah. share that in the gift mindset book under the gift of re-energizing. I talk about cooking yeah. and finding something that re-energizes you. So I managed to wangle two recipes in. So Sri Lankan fish curry was something I cooked a lot when I was writing the book on weekends. And the other one, you'll know, was stuffed artichokes. You know, we stuff them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And my nuna taught me that. And that is such a beautiful recipe. I've still never seen it in an Italian restaurant in Australia yet. Mm. But um, they're probably my favourite too. But I love things that have, you know, I love pasta and everything, but I just love dishes that are comp like have so many flavors and textures and, and yeah. that sort of thing yes yeah. i love my lasagna making me hungry <laughs> oh yeah do you, make it? do you make it i make i make a, a vegetarian version actually and um yeah i love it it's just i can eat that every day <laughs> all day long oh you're you're on for lunch then when we catch up <laughs> exactly exactly Okay, my last five questions. The first one I really want to ask you, Renee, is if you could write a sentence on a giant billboard that the entire world can read, what would you write? Whoa. I think I did see this and I had some. I probably have do what lights you up. Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's very aligned with us. Okay. The mind bug is all about lighting people up like the fireflies. So it's really aligned with us. Do what lights you up. 65% of your success in whatever you do comes from doing the things that light you up. It's motivational intelligence. So do as much as you can the things that energize you, put a pep in your step, keep you up at night. Bring that in. I love it. If you could spend five minutes with Renee at 16 years old what about would you give probably the advice i would give my 16 year old self is stay true to you stay true to you and always stay focused and what I mean by that is there, there's been a lot of people, you'd know, along a, along a journey in your own business, you get so many people that go, really, can you be bothered? What are you doing? And there has been times that it has got to me. But stay, stay true to you and know your purpose and be open for things to change. That's probably the biggest bit of advice. Don't feel you have to have this path. I, I wouldn't have at 16, thought I'd have my own business, you know. I was always uni, get the corporate job. So just be open to that. I love it. I love it. Being open to change as huge as well. Um, what is success to you? Success to me is doing what you love. For me, it's doing what I love, being happy 
and seeing others grow, making a difference. That's the biggest motivator for me. What is the best advice that you ever received from someone? Probably, probably my one of my managers back at Mars who's passed away now. We were the only two females in this whole channel. Something she said to me, which my mum says to me too, and I'm not good at it, so I'm going to be open there, is stop and smell the roses and celebrate success. Really important because when you, the psychology is when you celebrate success, your mind makes a mental note of that. And then when things get tough, your brain accesses that feel good of celebrating success to get you through. I always thought celebrating success was a bit gloaty and, and I don't have time, next thing, next thing. But I think that's something I'm really learning this year is to stop and see how far I've come, not look at all the things that haven't happened the last two challenging years, but how much I've done and seen. So that's, yeah, celebrate success for you. And if you're listening, your team, celebrate progress. Don't wait till the end of the year or the end of the month. Progress journal daily. Oh my God, this is so good because it's so like in myself in particular, I'm always looking at the next goal, right? The next thing. Same. And and so yeah. one day we were in Black Rock, just climbing up a little hill. And when you're hiking, um, you're looking down where you're putting your legs and feet. But every now and then you need to stop a second, look behind you and look how far you've gone. And Spot on. Spot 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 on. We we need to we need to remember, carve out remembering time. It helps us with resilience too. But I think a big downfall with a lot of entrepreneurs and what you just mentioned, and I'm the same, you're in your own business because you're seeing way ahead. And if you do that in overdrive, the cost of that is not being present. And really appreciating everything you've, you've done and given. So, yeah. Huge, yeah. huge. All right, before my last question, where can people find you online? And if they want to do some work with you, how can they get in touch? And also, you got a, a new book. So uh, where can they find that book? Yeah. Yeah, so if, uh, I, best way to get in touch, and I'm sure you'll spell my name right on the <laughs> is renegerusso.com. And the gift mindset, you can go to giftmindset.com. There's lots of free posters, videos, and resources there. The book's available, uh, Matteo, on Amazon, Booktopia, and all good bookstores nationwide. And it's just gone on Audible as well. So, yeah, and those websites, there's lots of free resources you can download as well on both of those websites. Is is that your voice in the the audible? uh... It is. I narrated that three days full on because it's a big it's a I'll show you the book it's actually a it's actually quite wow a large book so I narrated it and I thought when we organized it I had a audio coach he's like this is so you this book so it's not over edited it's just natural and real 
And even on the audio book, you can go to giftmindset.com and download all the worksheets if you don't have the, the hard copy of the book. I love it. Yeah. All right. My last question is, what is the impact that you want to make on others? The impact I want to make on others is to create, to make, I want to make workplaces better places to work and help people realize and achieve what's possible. Mm, and be limitless, truly. To be, um, to, be, to be limitless. And my big goal is to create a movement around this gift mindset culture. So people are in and out of work are sharing their challenges and their successes that could be a survival guide for somebody else. Absolutely. Go and get the book. Um, Renee has yeah. been more than amazing. You dropped so many great bombs, uh, so much advice, so much wisdom. It's been great. And I hope to have you, in the you. back again in the future. Absolutely loved our conversation. And thanks for having me.